Hello and welcome to Why a Podcast, a podcast where we answer the questions you didn't think to ask or too lazy to Google. I skipped a word and my name is Laser, <laughs> the... Are you serious right nights. now? Do you know how to speak English? What just happened? I don't know. Do you know how to say your name? Matthew oh, Slaza? Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Matthew Slaza. And I'm Keon Boozer, I guess. What the fuck is happening? Well, I mean, yeah, hey, so audience. We know so what the audience. fuck is happening, but let's let the audience know what the fuck is happening. Let's see. It is currently, uh, per my computer clock, about 10 seconds to midnight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting 10 there. seconds to midnight. Yeah, I was working in my room one Wednesday night, when all of a sudden it is exactly Thursday. Wait a minute, it's actually he literally just now, said so. that on the like as soon as he said that it turned into Thursday. That's hilarious. I'm very yeah. proud of you, Laser. I would like to take back my prior criticism as you have recovered and redeemed yourself in my eyes. My apologies. Thank you. That's all I could ever ask for. And honestly, having received it, I'm a little You're underwhelmed. Welcome. Hey guys, this week's topic is card, and I mean, uh, yeah, okay, and you know we can teach you a little bit. You do know we can edit that out, but now because you're the one bringing it back up, you you could have gotten rid of him just saying okay, but you decided to keep going. Oh, oh, Keon, there's no way you can delete these things. Keon, I'm the one editing. Oh yeah, he doesn't cut shit out. I forgot. If you ever listen to an episode of Why Podcast and you go, hmm. This could have been edited better. It's either Keon's intern or Laser Ellerk. And hey, I don't, man, I wish to... I had an intern. Don't fuck with me. And don't pretend like I do. And if you, you don't remember when you said you had of... an intern? And if uh, you ever oh, yeah, that one random of... thing we Shut say all this fucking fuck time. Up. And if you ever listen to an episode of Why a Podcast, and it sounds so meticulously edited that you mm-hmm. went like, wow, what is this, serial? No one needed to spend nearly this much time putting this together. It's probably done by Matt. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. This week's I... topic is card. It's fucking midnight. <laughs> this is uh, Why a Podcast Nights. Nothing changes because we already talk about dicks enough. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, all right. By the way, I'm like an I, I like an hour and a half of sleep in. Yeah, I'm waking up to do this. And I'm like waking up in another four hours to do my job. Oh, so laser I just, sleep. I'm just trying to establish the energy that we're working with here. Because, <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah, right? Like, <laughs> honestly, like, who doesn't like, love fuck yeah. L- Listen, this was literally the only time we could do this. The only time. I am so already sleep deprived. You're on the sliding scale of the McElroy brothers, where you, like, started off as Griffin, and then you drifted into <laughs> Justin, and now you're full Travis mode. Fuck. Hey, guys. Yes? Hey. Let's jump right in. We're going to be asking you on a why it. question each. The others will guess the answers, and then we'll let you know why. And honestly... Why doesn't someone begin? Who like begin? <laughs> go. Um, I'm gonna. I guess I could go first because I have the most informative yeah. topic. That makes sense, right? Usually we figure this out beforehand, but fuck it. Yeah, uh, I mean, know, we're, we're working yeah, with don't worry. podcast nights. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think yours kind of fits the bill the most. Mine is going to be just a lot of informative information on nothing particularly like necessary to life. So it's going to be great. Got to be real with you. It's my favorite kind of information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask you all a why question, as we do every week, multiple times an episode. 
my question for you guys is: Sometimes I ask a what question <laughs> when you fuck up. Yeah, when I, I fuck like, up, I think it's only been the once. You're you're pretty it, good it at it, not at skirting that. It was I, twice. I've never forgotten a single mistake I've made in my life. <laughs> Oof! Wow, you must be in a constant hell. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> guys, uh, my question for you is: uh, Why do we send postcards? Why do we follow oh, Master nice. Bruce? What? <laughs> that was a good Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Wow, that was very good. Uh, what was the question? Why do we send postcards? I'm Thank pretty you, sure. Yeah, I was taking a sip. Mm-hmm, Why mm-hmm. do we send so, postcards? Oh, yeah. um, honestly, I eat a fuck ton of cereal, right? And I mean, uh-huh. okay, we got General Mills, we got Kellogg's, but what's going to be the fucking clincher? That's going to be post cereals. And here I am, I'm bragging about it to my friends because I've been munch, munch, munching on, you know, I used to go to postopia.com as a kid. Oh, I yeah. played Chex Quest and shit. Like, I'd play that one game where you did like uh, air hockey against the octopus. You know, I was all about that shit. So, you know, what better way to brag than to cut out the back of a post serial cardboard box and write the fucking address and shit on it and send it to my friends. There were much better ways to brag. Keon, your answer. That was literally the only way to brag. I would like to disagree formally. That was fantastic that you worked the word postcard in there in the middle of your sentence. That was beautiful. Um, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I mean, for me, it, it really has to come down to the point the fact that, uh, back in the day there was no good drinking water. So people were only drinking, um, uh, alcohol things that could be distilled or it didn't really matter or Gatorade. There was, there, those were the only two things back in the early, yeah. uh, BC times. Yep. And so, uh, yeah. So whenever you would drink, you would, uh, you would raise a glass, you do a salute and that's also called a post. So you'd say post. And then you'd send a card to a friend. I don't fucking know. That I literally was like, here's the word post. Now let's add the word card. And I can't think of a historical use for the word card. Some so. examples of things people would raise a glass for were, uh, for example, freedom, something they can never take away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when they would tell the story of tonight. Story uh, I'm, I'm not tonight. giving away my shot, like a shot, like a mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, the, mm-hmm. and Peggy. <laughs> Dan Peggy. All right. <laughs> so go. you guys are just bad at saying anything related to the topic, apparently. Um, and this is why this is why I have self esteem issues because when we're when we're tired and we're like, hey, I can't expect much comedy out of you. We just get berated by Matt about our performance. I Honestly, I think I'm doing fucking great. <laughs> I think you guys are funny. I just I would like to say maybe uh, a little bit more on topic. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I'd like you to just fucking say your topic. So I can All go right. Laser, to you're sleep. on fire tonight. I'm psyched. I'm proud of Laser because, you know, sometimes Laser um, is informative and he's on the ball. You know, he's really hitting us with Name facts. one fucking instance. And sometimes, uh, more often than not, I would say, yeah. uh, Laser makes me laugh hard enough that I knock my computer into fan mode. Now, for example, right now... <laughs> You may hear a, a mild whirring in the background. Perhaps not. I might have pulled it out in post, although I believe Laser's editing this episode, so it is very unlikely that you are not hearing a whirring in the background. You're cutting into your topic time. We're going to cut you off at some point. <laughs> if you're hearing right, a whirring so in the background, it's my generalized anxiety disorder. <laughs> Yo, fun. 
So postcard history, that was a good segue. So postcards, <laughs> postcards as we are familiar with them today, this is, by the way, going to make Cameron very happy. This is from the Smithsonian's website, the Smithsonian Ooh, Institution Archives, an actual legit source for once. I don't um, know her. Hey, what? Uh, postcards, as we are familiar with them today. I thought maybe if I used an accent, you guys wouldn't interrupt me. I've taken a considerable amount of time to develop. No? No. Okay. Yeah, we <laughs> didn't interrupt you. You're not wrong. We didn't interrupt you. Color and you just you just scared me. I don't know what happened. First restricted by size, color, and other regulations, postcard production blossomed in the late 1800s and early 1900s. I'm going to be talking about that in a moment. Um, postcards were popular because they were a quick and easy way for individuals to communicate with each other. Whereas now we have you know actual ways to communicate with each other quickly. Um, we have free cards. The collection. Like kids and their phones. Like greeting We have post postcards. Cards. Uh, but yeah, postcards basically used to be the equivalent of a very quick way to send something to someone far away, as opposed to a lot of other uh, like letters and things like that uh, wouldn't wouldn't be mailed as quickly because they weighed more and things like that. Um, plus, the postcard oh. was basically the equivalent of a quick message versus like, oh, this is important enough to write a full letter. And huh. that brings us to the pre-postcard period. Before postcards, some people sent cards through the mail with attached postage. This this um, all started a- in the year uh, 100 PPC. <laughs> pre-postcard. It, well, yeah. Well, don't they cancel each other out? Doesn't the pre and the post ca- cancel that out? So this is just the card generation, the card era. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm on my comedy game tonight. You're, You're welcome. honestly killing it. I don't even know how the fuck... You're still standing with how much you are. I'm not. I'm seated. It's pretty great. I'm actually pretty comfortable right now. (laughs) So uh, before postcards were really before postcards were created, but also before they were made legal, uh, people would send. Correct. I'm about to get into it. Uh, People would send cards through the mail that would be called mailed cards uh, as they are not actually postcards. During this period, they would uh, put things on the envelopes instead of on the cards, and um, some speculate that postcards are the direct descendant of these picture envelopes, as they were called. Damn, mm-hmm. I need to see that family tree of cards. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. But, I uh, want to see that it's, house it's of more cards. Of a, a th- I hate you. <laughs> it's more of a, a, a theory because there are no picture cards from the exact period. This period would be pre-postcard period, otherwise known as 1848 to 1870. Um, but there are envelopes from later on that match that description and some artifacts from then. Of course, we move on from uh, those picture envelopes, if you will, to February 27th, 1861, when U.S. Congress passed an act that allowed privately printed cards weighing one ounce or under to be sent in the mail. And this oh. is also known as uh, 180, which stands for Anno Domini, which is uh, the year Jesus was born. Of course. Um, that same year, John P. Charlton, which we'll be talking about later, also known as Carlton to some, copyrighted the first postcard in America. So, and he well had a hell dance. of a funny dance. There we go. <laughs> okay. Hey, you remember that part when uh, you guys weren't going to interrupt me that much? Anyway, 1861, nope. postcards are uh, made legal. 1861, Charlton creates the first one. This leads us to the pioneer period, starting in 1870. Uh, at this point, uh, Lippmann began reissuing Charlton or Carlton's postcards <laughs> under a new name known as Lippmann's postcards. 
This is when Congress passes legislation that approves government production of these postcards. So if you're thinking the post office and how many postcards they have and things like that, and how postcards were widely produced for mailing purposes, this begins in 1872. I bet you'd think, you wouldn't think that it went that far back, but the first government produced postcard was issued on May 1st, 1873. So you were right. It was one year later. I'm dumb. Oh, shit. Anyway, so just like today, one side of the postcard is for a message, the other side was for the recipient's address, and of course, there would be some sort of illustration or some sort of enticing uh, image on the card that would make it, you know, more fun or, or more uh, appetizing or attractive. Now, by law, the government postcards were the only postcards allowed to bear the term postal card. Private publishers were still allowed to print postcards, but they were more expensive to mail than the government ones, hence... It gave the government produced cards an innate, you know, advantage in selling them. Huh. Oh. Now, after this point, you might be thinking, huh? So we were actually. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You just said it. That holy shit! You're right in the ball. Damn. I fucking read yeah, your finger on the notes. pulse of this conversation. This was written down. He just. I did write it down. <laughs> he anticipated it. Uh, and at this point. <laughs> Huh. Uh, oh, I did it again. 1890 in, in 1898. Uh I, this is a good uh, about 25 years after the first postcard by the government was issued, uh we begin the private mailing card period. So, this lasts till 1901, a very short 3-year period. Uh Congress passes an act allowing private printing companies to produce postcards with exactly what it wasn't supposed to have before with the caveat saying private mailing card authorized by act of Congress of May 19th, 1898. You may be thinking that seems like overkill to put on a postcard. And that is correct. (laughs) But at that point, now the government advantage for postcards doesn't really exist anymore because private mailing cards now cost the same amount as government produced cards. This leads to the only distinction being the private mailing card being at the bottom as opposed to postcards. Wow. Um, I you know I kind of feel bad about the uh like the 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 you know like they've been reduced to the lowly status of uh mm-hmm. you know the non-government ones you know it's a sad day this it's is what the socialists want mm-hmm. yeah they're uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm tired we need to be in a, po- I'm so to be in a, in a post postcard <laughs> society I'm so fucking oh my god tired. anyway so that leads to it basically being an even playing field the only difference is uh that on one side you had to have the address and on the other side you could have an image or a message or if you made the image small enough you could have both which is great uh the postcard period becomes if begins begins officially yes. in 1901 uh when in december 1901 the postmaster general which i heard a lot about as a kid and have never understood what the fuck that means issued the post office order number 1447 yes in 1901 they were already at 1447 for post office orders which allowed the words postcard instead of the longer private mailing card on the back of postcards the- yes it takes 30 years for them to go, eh, fuck it, just call them postcards. The postmaster general is actually a portmanteau of post, general mills, and master chief. <laughs> I think you're oh. gonna say post Malone. No, he came after that. <laughs> yes, yes, he yeah. did. So did no, General he, Mills and all the other he's things. He's the son of uh, post General Postmaster. Um, when do you think Master Chief existed? He, when do you think he, he started? He <laughs> operates on his own. That's why he's Post Malone. Oh my God! <laughs> I want to let so he's you a enjoy portmanteau that. of but he's a post, portmanteau of a Postmaster General and alone. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> That's fucking great. All right. Post Malone anyway, will... So our postmaster general, Post Malone, in 1901 <laughs> makes that statement. Uh, shortly afterwards, they uh, pass the act that allows us to not have to include that message about the 1898 Private Mailing Card Act. As I said, seemed superfluous before. Um, but you still couldn't put messages on the address side of postcards. So therefore, if you had an entire image on the other side of the postcard, you weren't really writing messages. So you were just literally sending people postcards. Um, this leads to 1907 divided back period. Uh, this is when a major change on the address side changes. This was prompted by the universal postal Congress, which yes, that exists. That is the legislative body of the universal postal union, which makes decrees about postal cards. Wow. Good where times. UPC comes from. Yeah, dude, come on. Yeah. Oh, wait, really? No. No. Fucking Christ. <laughs> I'm oh sorry. I concede immediately. Anyway, we had to. The uh, The convention decreed that postcards produced by governments uh, of member nations could have messages on the left side of the address side. So, for example, modern cards, a lot of the time they'll have the address, then they'll have a spot for a message, and then on the other side it'll just be a full image. That starts in 1907. So... Blah blah blah. A bunch of stuff happens from the Congress that kind of we're allowed to do that. What? <laughs> you can just go bloody bloody blah and skip a bunch of shit. Sometimes you, you have to. Yeah, There's a lot of shit. Like they pass an act. There's a bunch of other stuff, but none of it really matters much other than that now you can privately produce postcards for international, and you can include the message space. Like that's that's it. Hey, like really quick, blah blah blah. Thank you guys so much for listening to Why a Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So, hence, uh, to wrap that part of it up, um, the divided back period is known as that because the back of the postcard was known as the address side, and now you could write something because it was a divided back. This leads to the golden age of postcards due to the vast popularity of postcards during this time period. I just want to say when, when you work get, out a bunch, when I get, you get a divided get, back. When you get rid of someone's address, it's called address side. Uh, okay. I mean that that sounds like an actual term. I don't know if <laughs> I commit podcast I mean, side. There, I, there I fucking hope so. Anyway, uh, so like I said, that's the golden age that leads to a vast popularity of postcards. Uh, eventually, also leading to real photo postcards, otherwise known as uh, postcard camera postcards. Uh, They were used using the Kodak postcard camera. I should say real photo postcards using the postcard camera. Uh, And it could literally take a picture, then print a postcard size negative of the picture, which is pretty dope. I keep thinking you're saying postcard Malone, and it makes me laugh. (laughs) I am saying postcard Malone. Um, You (laughs) may think that you're better now, but uh, you're not. Congratulations. (laughs) Anyway, there's this leads to the white border period. Um, the what? Yeah, I know. That doesn't sound right, right? That sounds Oof, like a yeah. Picasso art period. <laughs> <laughs> it's when he started putting white borders around all this shit. And like, yeah, the blue period, we had the white did, postcard though. period, we had the Post Malone period. Just plenty. Like plenty I said, you may think art. you're better now, better now. But Hi, uh, welcome now to Why in Our History around. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Throughout uh, early postcard history, uh, German printers dominated the market in postcard printing. Uh, This is why you might be like, white border period, that sounds kind of like not a great look. Uh, That's because with the beginning of World War I, American printers started supplying most of the printers uh, postcards Mm. in the United Uh, States. Ah, the border, East and West Germany. I got it. And I said, said border, I barely know her. 
<laughs> and predictably, um, as often happens when America's like, mm-hmm, uh, the quality of the things being made went down because we used American technology. Um, so the quality of available postcards fell and people lost interest in collecting them. Oh, uh, that's why the golden age only lasts <laughs> until 1915 and then things kind of go down. Um, the reason that's called white border is because printers saved ink by not printing on the edge of the card, hence leaving the white border. Oh, oh. shit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Pinching them pennies. Jesus. I got to be real <laughs> with you right now. This is really interesting to me. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I don't know if it's I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> so so we have one person interested and then we have one person who uh, is counting the minutes i think All it's right. I'm that's 50 50 those are good odds i'm too tired to focus on anything else so i'm actually like listening for once <laughs> that makes me excited uh so that period lasts till 1930 then we have the linen period starting in 1930 this lasts till 1945 uh, the um, lenin period yes the mm-hmm. lenin period After the communist period the stalin of period mm-hmm. yeah and they have the lime period and the lemon period uh, the crazy. lion king period <laughs> Dude, that Obviously. movie's pretty good. I, that I was the golden age of postcards. That was the, the uh, uh, circle of life. Um, yeah, a Lenin, lot of pride there. A lot of pride. <laughs> the linen period uh, begins in the 1930s because new printing processes allowed printers to produce postcards with high rag content, which gave them a look of being printed on linen rather than paper. Hence, linen period, it looks like they're literally being printed on linen. Uh, super cool. It had a specific printer that was notable for the period. It was called the Kurt Tyke and Company, which printed its first linen card in 1931 and whose postcards became popular around the world. That's right. It became a game changer. Oh, shit. That is right. Oh, wow. Damn right. But like literally uh, the process apparently allowed for quicker production, brighter dyes to be used. So the color images looked better and... Oh, uh, nice. Most postcards retained the white border of previous periods, um, though some were printed to the edge. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, th- other than that, the, the cards kind of stay the same in terms of structure. We have a split back and then we have an image so that you can give a message. But you can also, you know, share something cool with your friends. Uh, okay. And that leads us to the last part of this section. Get excited. Um, it's the Ooh. modern photochrome period. <gasps> that's us. Oh. Yeah. That's what. That's us. <laughs> it is laser. <laughs> it was so <laughs> underwhelming. Um, it's 1945 to present. Uh, modern photochrome style photocards or postcards, I should say, first appeared in 1939 when the Union Oil Company began to carry them in their Western service stations. Uh, this production slowed down during World War II because, you know, supply shortages from the war. But afterwards, hence 1945 onward, they dominated the postcard market and photochrome postcards are in color with images closely resembling photographs. So it basically looks like you're sending somebody, you know, a photograph with a message on the back. This is your modern looking uh, evolution, final evolution of our postcards, if you will. Yeah, this uh, is what that Nickelback song's about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look at this, this postcard. Um, I, every time I do, it makes me cry. Look at this postcard. Every time I do, it makes me shard. <laughs> what the hell, dude? You had so many options, and you went for shard. You think I have options? You I'm on a linear a... path. That's a Oof. good point. Um, so Just photo a plateau. <laughs> Photochrome <laughs> postcards are the ones it's, that we all straight. think of now. Uh, in the 1990s, the advent of e-cards, or things that we now get sent to us uh, via spam and from close family and friends uh, via email started the decline of the postcards popularity. Uh, now postcards are generally just p- purchased as like souvenirs 
or fun little, you know, things to send a friend. They're often not used as ways to communicate because, you know, we can Mm -hmm. text each other or email each other or call each other or literally video chat each other or Mm -hmm. fly. So uh, (laughs) we don't need things. I can fly. I know. It's crazy. But it's uh, funny to it's it's funny to think about that about how like I I mean before the 1990s to think about doing legitimately anything that like communicating with anybody how that even happened but it's funny to think about like you go into a post office and write a thing on a card and just hand it to a teller and like thinking of that versus like how antiquated letters kind of feel or mailing freaking anything to anybody is like it's actually kind of quaint kind of nice I just walk in write a thing Hand it to the person, and then away it goes over three weeks, maybe, to get to my friend. Yeah, it's kind of like, that's why we always romanticize those eras, because it's like, oh, that's cool. But also, like, fucking convenient. Anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that kind of wraps up my topic. I'm just going to shout out a couple evolutions that happened with the postcard. We got view Venusaur. cards. Venusaur. We got... <laughs> <laughs> we got view cards, which were basically postcards, but uh, more of a detailed look into the environment of the day. They'd often feature images showing everyday people or uh, the environment of the locations uh, with, you know, the actual place, which was pretty cool. It's kind of a peek into the historical time period. We have greeting cards, which of course uh, also evolved from postcards and then art cards and photographic cards, which are just like they sound like, except they're ge- they were generally much higher quality and uh, they became more like special interest type things that uh, people still buy now. Nice. You yeah. know, uh, even when I hand draw my postcards, they're still laser printed. Oh God! <laughs> can I can I keep can I um? Fuck, that's great. Can I move oh, that to God. the end and just like end the podcast? With it? Oh yes, blah please, blah fuck, blah. blah. Hey guys, <laughs> uh, thanks. Would you now like you to know go why? Keon, or would you like me to go? A uh, go Keon, for it, laser. I'd I love to hear. No, 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 dude. His go. energy right now is off the charts. I need to. I need to hear more of this. <laughs> Okay. Hey guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. why is now more than ever the perfect time for my topic? Um, I'd like to go first, Keon, if you don't mind. Enjoy, yeah, go for it. All right, so we're all fucking tired, mm. and that's why if you don't if the hurry the fuck up know. and do your topic, uh, we're going to be kind of mad. So now is the perfect time if you could go ahead and start. Yeah, so we're 23 minutes into the episode, and Matt's telling me to hurry up my topic I haven't started yet. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, no, I'm not saying you're you're taking too long. I'm just saying, why is now the perfect time? Because if you wait, it's longer. Yeah, that's that's fair. fair. Well, I mean, for me, it's because like right now it's yeah. the witching hour, midnight. Yeah, uh, it, we are we are in the spookiest time of the day, and um, mm-hmm. it's it's twelve uh, twenty five for us, so it's been a little bit while since we started the episode. But I mean, like we are, we oh, are. Mm-hmm, we're the youth, the youth of, the, of nation, the nation, and and that's what happens. <laughs> that's the youth right. of the nations they stay up late, they have a good time, and laser is the most not only the most most youthful, but the most witchy of the three of us. And so this is the perfect time for him. This is really the, his time to shine. Well, yeah, this is honestly like if laser had a shot at being his true self. This is like this is the time. This mm-hmm. is the time. This is the time to do it. Either now or it's during true. Halloween, where he'll do a whatever impression of a crazy fucking celebrity. Well, I was working in the lab on Saturday night. <laughs> so hey, good. guys. Hey, pal. Well, the reason why it's a very good time for my topic, uh, we got two reasons. The first one is, yes, it is nighttime. And, well, night is something very specifically doing with what I'm going to talk about. 
Whoa. But also, oh, it's one of the best times in history for my topic, because today we are talking about Castlevania. <gasps> it is oh, an yes. action-adventure oh gothic horror video game series created yes. and developed by Konami. It's been released on various platforms, from early systems to modern consoles, as well as handheld devices such as mobile phones. It's expanded yes. into other media, which is what has made it so so much of a thing, including comic books, an animated TV series, and several spin-off video games, such as Super Smash Bros. I'm so fucking excited. God, I love this game. So Castlevania is largely set in the uh, eponymous castle of Count Dracula, the main antagonist of the Belmont clan of vampire hunters, except we don't call this guy Dracula, I think, right? We call him Keon? Uh, Vlad Dracula Tepish. No, we call him Alucard. Spoilers. I mean, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. The, the the his name do, is like Count Alucard. Yeah, do a Google. He's not. Why would I? Do, this is the podcast. It, it's Dracula. no. I know you need to do it He's so the audience doesn't need to. Only three people need to do it. Okay, but but I, thought, the, I thought you guys just knew. Like I thought y'all. Knew I mean, I do. You could tell yeah. me instead of me having to do a Google. Why do I have to Google? But, but we did. But yeah, do you guys no. do you guys see why I did it for card? <laughs> Oh yes, there we yeah, are. Yeah, all right. But I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, in the game, do you you want to know? You want to go through how he is Alucard? I will, but first I gotta say it debuted with 1986's Castlevania for the Famicom. The first da, 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 entry da. and the majority of its sequels are side-scrolling action platformers, and were later succeeded by the 1997 game Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which I believe Woo! is the one where we get the incredible. What is a man? Miserable pile of secrets. Enough of this. How about you then? Die, monster. You don't belong in this world. Yeah. So fucking good. A fucking just classic. Mr. Belmont. So you're telling me I should play this game. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any of these games. I actually have the original Castlevania for the NES. Wild. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So um, it was. Symphony of the Night marked when it started going in non-linear gameplay as well. And then there was also uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, which is a 3D mm-hmm. action-adventure reboot. And so it's delved into other things. Um, so in terms of the gameplay, uh, the original and released for the 1986 is a platform one where you play Simon Belmont, a descendant of the Belmont clan, a family of vampire hunters. Yeah. He travels to Dracula's castle, Castlevania, and fights his way through the castle, annihilating Dracula himself and the castle, <laughs> which to me <laughs> yeah. sounds like he just hit a, t- a castle hard enough until just, it was it gone kept beating the bricks until it all just crumbled to the ground yes belmont's main weapon is a whip called vampire killer Apt. yeah are you well, fucking serious yeah that, 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 that's the name of the song too well the so secondary good. weapons are powered by hearts collected by destroying candles and killing monsters secondary weapons available <laughs> are daggers holy water which in parentheses is called firebomb <laughs> flying axe stopwatch and the cross in parentheses boomerang 
Hidden <laughs> items such as power-ups and food, health replenishment items, are also found by attacking walls, a feature inspired by Super Mario Bros. with countless hidden items across the game levels, and things you can find in the walls are like a straight-up whole chicken and shit. <laughs> like a whole cooked chicken. Yeah, hearts don't give you health, chicken does. It's fucking great. That's fucking crazy. It's I great. I love that. So that's the classic game. Other games uh, have like similar elements, but like, you know, modernize and make it very good. Like Symphony of the Night, like there's more upgrades and it's, it's called a Metroidvania because it's nonlinear. Mm-hmm. Um, Metroidvanias are games like the original game Metroid, where mm-hmm. you it's not linear. You can just like explore around and then get upgrades to unlock more places. Um, so the plot is heavily references iconic horror movies. Um, you know, you have uh, the, you know, Dracula, which is very much a thing. Uh, there's mm. Alucard, which is first introduced in Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, is a reference of the character of the same name from the 1943 film Son of Dracula, and is also Dracula backwards. <laughs> um so as the games go on they reference a bunch more literary stuff i mean they have like mythological creatures like medusa there's like frankenstein i think there's just uh wait wait a minute i'm so sorry Uh um you should be yes so it's you're doing this topic Uh because dracula spelled backwards is alucard and that's why they came up with that character's name if you knew the series it would make perfect sense i'm so enthralled right now Thank you, okay, Keith. I'm sorry. I guess I have to play this game. That's fucking <laughs> it's so wild. good, dude. They're great. <laughs> it's so, I, I, Keon, could you recommend a specific game? Yeah, I mean, the first one is a club banger. I mm-hmm. play it all the time. Actually, I had this really good interaction when they had just announced, uh, uh, su- him for Super Smash Bros. Uh, Simon Belmont. I was like getting something mailed. Yeah, speaking of postcards, I was mailing something, and hey. the, the guy like I literally was humming like da 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 da, and the guy's like, oh, "Dude, did you see the announcement?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he he told me like that he is now really excited because his son is now old enough to like give a shit, and so he's like, "Yeah," like my son was humming that music too, and so now I'm showing him like the NES games, and like I get Aww. to relive my childhood with my son. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. So definitely the first one, super great. I would say that's kind of the, there There are the three different ways to play it, that there is the first one on the NES, which is just a classic and mm. is like clunky controls, but really challenging and fun. Then there is uh, Symphony of the Night, which is where we like step up the game, uh, as well as there, just pick one from the, either the DS or the Game Boy Advance, and those are very similar to Symphony of the Night. And then you have Lords of Shadow, which is its own kind of thing. So those are the three different big genres of the games, and they're all super fun, as well as Castlevania Three is pretty good, too. Is there one for uh, 64? Because I have my don't, 64. Don't. Nope, that one's not good. That's <laughs> okay. a no. That's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I mean, all right. I'm going to take your word for it. I just got new mm, controls. Don't emulate it, it. Don't look at it. Don't think about it. Don't say it. Don't hear it. <laughs> uh, don't speak it. All do right, not pass so, go. Do not collect $100. <laughs> what I can tell so 200. far from Laser's topic, and it seems like he's sold me on it, is everybody should play Castlevania. It really is a very good series. And there's only one thing I want to say that's like not even like very like informative or related, but on Wikipedia, which has been my main thing, but like I already knew all this, so I'm not lying to you. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, they have a chart with the Castlevania series fictional chronology, as in like the years that the games take place in. And it goes oh. from uh, 1094 with Lament of Innocence all the way to the game Dawn of Sorrow takes place in 2036. Oh my, really? Yeah. Yeah. I do not remember that. 
Like, that's fucking awesome, isn't it? Yeah, I forgot about the time where Simon Belmont takes out his iPhone and he starts calling around to see if uh, anybody can help him monster hunt through the Uber app. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, wow. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm playing Pokemon Go, you know. And okay, listen, 2030, the there's no way Pokemon Go still exists. Uh, no, it's like a classic game. Yeah. Oh, Okay. It, you know, he's one of those like hipsters who's like, "Hey, who wants to play that game for like twenty years ago?" You know? Okay, Keon, what yeah. what is what are you doing? What are, where are we at sure. with your thing, Majiggy? Um, yeah. yeah. By the way, go please on. go listen to uh, go listen to there. There are some amazing tracks through the Castlevania series. Just type in like "Bloody Tears" and "Vampire Killer." Those are like iconic. They're really really good songs. And yeah, oh man, also, just look up on man. YouTube. Oh. Look up on YouTube. What is a man? Because <laughs> miserable policies. Yeah. Yeah, very classic um, line. I'll uh, yeah, I'll it, promise that I'll play at least one of the games and report back to mm-hmm. the to the show in a minute. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah, and um, the one really cool factoid is that um, at the very end of the first Castlevania game, like video games weren't really too good about attribution about their coders. So instead of that, they actually gave like fake names for like iconic actors that played like for um. What's it? Christopher Lee played uh, Dracula once, so they put like Christopher B, and they have like. All the credits are just fake names for actors that have played like monster roles in the past. It's pretty fun. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's good. So in, enjoy that, Matt. And my question for both of you, you yes. all ready? Yes, I dun, dun, dun. Is why did <laughs> I love this? Why should we all be playing card games on motorcycles? Why should we all be playing card games on motorcycles? Why should we all be playing card games on motorcycles? Card games on motorcycles. Uh, motorcycles aren't safe enough. And honestly, if you're not living life dangerously, you're just a little wimp and you <laughs> will get bullied. I'll give you a swirly in the in the school bathroom. I'm going to give you a wedgie, steal your lunch money. No, you oh need to be God. endangering your life on a regular basis are you stupid okay uh (laughs) laser well done uh i'm gonna go ahead and say uh two things playing card games is really fun you should be doing that anyway right Keon obviously Mm -hmm. agrees with that Mm -hmm. of Um, course and if we haven't made it clear by our eight thousand card related topics we like cards and card games therefore we're definitely pro playing card games um but the the third point really has to be um as Laser was talking about, you got to live dangerously. But more importantly, if you're not using your motorcycle in order to play card games, are you even really a biker, bro? I mean, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Are you, do you even yeah. bike? True. I, I mentioned you you know, your status as like a danger-seeking individual. And we can talk about status as a card-playing individual. But what about as a motorcyclist? These are the big questions. And I'm going ride? to skirt all of those questions and start talking about, hey, guys, have you guys ever heard of the Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged series? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I know so everything. Th- like, I'm going to understand every reference you make. Yes. Okay, well, everyone strap in. For those of you at home that don't know, Abridged series are a series on YouTube or some sort of like online website where uh, someone will take the either dubbed or subbed, which means the subtitled, or the uh, like English dubbed versions of an anime or a TV show, and then they will cut it down and just add their own voiceover to try to truncate the entire series as well as just make it a little bit more fun and have some in-jokes of stuff. 
this didn't really, this was kind of an idea that people were throwing around in different ways, but didn't hit a stride until one brave man named Little Karibo created the uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged series. The which hero is... of the online web platforms. And he is, no, I'm going to tell you the rise and fall of this beautiful gentleman. And uh, fall is not terrible. He's a fantastic person. Like, there's very little uh, bad to say about him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! series, for people that don't know, Yu-Gi-Oh! is an anime series that's based on a card game, which is played between people, and you have cards that are either in attack or defense position. You have monster cards and spell cards. It's very fun, but uh, it spawned this anime series that has like next to fucking nothing to do with the card game. It's like so literally true. <laughs> half of the rule, the literally the rules they do, like the the way they play the game in the like show has nothing to do with the actual card game. Half the time they don't even follow the rules. On top of it, it's just like it. A bunch of the shit they do makes no sense. Like, literally, as a kid, I learned a lot of bad card game habits from that. They're like, believe in the heart of the cards, which is like the tagline of the show. Which is ridiculous. Not not how you play a fucking card game. You strategize. You don't pretend like you're going to magically get the card you need on the next turn. It's fucking stupid. And so, uh, yeah, man, I watched the show and they often got the card they needed. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. It was scripted that way. And actually, fun fact, my brother and I actually used to like our piano teacher when we were a kid used to think that we really loved to play piano because we would fight over who got to do the piano lesson first on Saturday mornings. It was actually because give you a whoever. Yes. Yeah, whoever got to go first, the second, the during that second slot, got to watch Yu-Gi-Oh. So we would, we would fight over that so we could enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh. And the other person would have to be doing the stupid piano lesson. That's um, an amazing, wonderful yeah. story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no problem. Incredible. Shout out to Cameron. Love you, you piece of shit. So the Yu-Gi-Oh uh, TV show ran from April eighteenth. Uh, 2000 to September 29th, 2004 in Japan. And I mean, was dubbed over and sent to America with the English uh, dubbing. And this show, guess how many episodes this show went on for? 69. The OG? My man. Uh, yeah, the OG. Uh, not any of the spinoffs. Okay. Uh, I believe it was 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was 224 episodes. 420 like episodes. Phrase. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 224 episodes. Oh, damn. Did I it. got it. Yeah. And of those 224 episodes, there were five arcs or seasons. But uh, all of this to get to the point that uh, little Karibo, God bless his soul, his name is Martin Bill Billany, so B-I-L-L-A-N-Y, uh, who goes by the pseudonym Lil Karibo, started a series in 2006, July 14th of 2006, that is still going to this day. And that is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge series. So what the Abridged series going? would do... He's still going, yeah. Have you not been keeping up? The most recent episode actually Fuck was on no. December 1st of 2018. So episode 82, literally he has 82 episodes came out in December 1st of 2018. So he's still trucking, man. Like, I love this man. And uh, he started, so the way that he started the series is that, the, so oh, the series damn. had just ended in 2004. So he spent a little bit of time, but what somebody did called, the guy's uh, handle was called Kurt Dog. So Kurt, uh, C-U-R-T-D-O-G-G. Uh, he, this person created a series uh, of videos called the Yu-Gi-Oh! in a Nutshell series. Since it had just ended, it was kind of a recap of the first season of the second series in short videos. In Lil Karibo, that gave him the uh, inclination to kind of flesh that out into a larger series. And this thing took off pretty quickly. I remember 
probably they had five episodes out and it immediately started hitting people that they started mm. watching. It was distributed on YouTube, but it was also on Apple Podcasts or Apple Video. And so I remember distinctly being like, there's nothing cool on my new Apple video whatever device at the time that I had just gotten, (laughs) except Uh (laughs) for Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged and other Abridged series. And this is what was happening, is that Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged led, led to this boom in a bridge series and the idea of okay let's take an anime or something that we really like and let's cut it down and edit it together so that it's a little bit more in jokey and more fun to watch and little karibo is so amazing because not only did he do this but he did this incredibly well starting out so much so that actually Mm -hmm. there were a bunch of series when they when this craze first started in around 2006 to about 2008 there was one for naruto there was one for uh gaunts there was one for uh there was one for like oh yeah every anime legitimately if you thought of an anime there was an abridged series and they're still kind of doing it but the attack on titan and the dbz ones were really good i gotta say oh yeah and one yeah one that has stood the test of time is from team four star which were inspired by little karibo and started their own series which they had one for uh they still are doing the one for dragon ball z which i actually was watching right before i came and recorded this episode um and then they also had uh one for attack on titan and one for helsing and uh, the helsing abridged one is super great they're but they're like super well produced and that's something nobody was doing at the time before little karibo the reason why he's i think he's so prolific is that like the dragon ball z series has some voice acting like talent that's really great little karibo did almost all the voices himself and they're all entertaining mm. Like, the core cast of, like, six people, which is uh, Yugi, who's the main character, his alter ego, Yami, who's technically a pharaoh, a separate person, uh, Taya, Joey, and Tristan, all are there. And in the original anime, you know, they had different voices. He differentiated their voices to such a ridiculous degree that, like, Taya, the female, has this really girly, silly, like, male trying to do a female voice. Joey has this Brooklyn accent. And Tristan Brooklyn has this weird, rage. like... Brooklyn Rage! Oh, we're getting to Brooklyn it. Brooklyn Rage! Um, yeah, buddy. Uh, so he has a Brooklyn accent, and then Tristan has this like Barney voice, which yeah. is like high pitched and hilarious for literally supposed to be the gruffest character mm-hmm. in the show. So, um, and going off of the Brooklyn Rage thing that uh, Laser just said, uh, Lil Karibo would go on to make fun of almost every single character. So each character that you would know <laughs> from the series. People, if you watch the abridged series, you're gonna forget any of the like any of the attributes that the characters had in the series, 100%. and only remember the jokes. I don't remember I don't... what Tristan's characters like. I only remember Barney, idiot man. Yeah, ser- exactly, and like he makes it so fun. Um, some that I remember distinctly and uh, are on here are Seto Kaiba, who's just a rich asshole. Yeah, fuck and, you. This... I have money. Yeah, exactly. Screw the rules. I have money. Right. Is just his line. Um, I've used that in a bunch of things. Uh, there's also this one character who's a security guard who keeps showing up throughout the series, and they just call him uh, the My Hair Guy, and so he says like, "My hair gives me super strength." Oh my and god, that... I'm right. Right. Uh, right. There's Baku guy who he made British or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, Bakura. Yeah, Bakura. Um, and there's also yeah, yeah. You blind uh, me, and... bastard, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and it's good because he's British, so he can say those jokes. Yes. As well as we have uh, Merrick, who is this 
evil villain who he and Bakura become best friends in the series. And it's so good because he twists. So he has this encyclopedic knowledge of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. So mm-hmm. he starts twisting some of these plot lines that once you get to them in the show, like they reach their fruition. He's set up little bits where like Bakura and Merrick are like early on friends. And then later on in the show, they do end up like gravitating towards each other. So it like makes sense to see that footage well produced in the anime. Don't forget um, Keith. Speak yep. of oh my god! Speak American. It's like, America. but we're in Jap- but we're in Japan, and it's like every country belongs to America. <laughs> every country's American. <laughs> um, they also he also makes fun of the fact that they had to do censorship for the four kids versions. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot about the difference between the original Japanese and the four kids redub because when the anime came over to America, it had to be desensitized, and so there was a lot of stuff for quote unquote four kids, which is the distribution group. I think they made be, like guns of visible and shit. Yeah, sorry, sensitized, not desensitized. <laughs> um, and a couple more things is that he made Rex and Weevil, Beavis and Butthead, which is hilarious. Um, he changed some of the card card names. So uh, the, the Mechanical Dragon Ra is now Mega Ultra Chicken, and uh, Slifer the Sky Dragon is now Slifer the Executive Producer, which I don't, I don't get, but okay. But all of that to say, and the reason why we're getting to Brooklyn Rage is that Joey Wheeler, one of the characters on the show, he has a Brooklyn accent. And Joey's this sh- easily the best dumb fuck in the show. Uh-huh. Yes. 100%. And the, the best thing about this is that the show got so ubiquitous that it gave a new life to Yu-Gi-Oh! that Wayne Grayson, the voice actor of Joey Wheeler, now adopts those phrases. Like, if he goes to a panel, he says, Nya, and he says, Nye. Brooklyn Rage. Brooklyn yeah, Nya. Yeah, and same thing with uh, Greg Abbey, who voiced Tristan. He just says, my voice gives me super strength. Like, he does that shit now. So all of these people have actually adopted that. But now, to get to the point why I asked the question in the first place, why should we play card games on motorcycles? Back in around 2008, 2009, when a new... So Yu-Gi-Oh! had ended in, like I said, in 2004. So they were moving on to a new series, which was Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Yu-Gi-Oh! GX! Generation X! Thanks, uh, we'll give it to you. It's <laughs> that show is so much worse than Yu-Gi-Oh, though. It, so mm-hmm. fucking bad. It's really, I still love it's it. It's like though. Digimon and Power Rangers, how like it just keeps getting worse every time they do a new one. Well, Yu-Gi-Oh had so much big stakes, and then GX is like, we're out of school now. <laughs> like, who fucking cares? <laughs> um, there's no like magic powers or whatever, it's but like, I digress. It's like they took fucking... It's like they took Yu-Gi-Oh! and made it Degrassi. Like, let's be honest. It's literally <laughs> exactly. what happened. And there's love triangles and whatever. Um, but then after Yu-Gi-Oh! GX had finished, they started another one, which is Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. And so 5Ds was about card games on motorcycles. And pl- literally, you would play a card game like Yu-Gi-Oh! on a motorcycle. And it made no sense at the time. And people still really like it. But um, th- the thing that was going around is as soon as it was announced, uh, Little Karibo grabbed Little... Uh, visual bites of the characters and had a bunch of them go card games on motorcycles and it was a I think it was like a three minute video of just random people from the anime saying card games on motorcycles and it is fucking enthralling I love it so much <laughs> and as we all know fi- the five D's of Yu-Gi-Oh 5 D's stand for dodge duck dip dive and dodge the five D's of course and <laughs> And um, that, so much um, so that this this got ubiquitous. That Gray Abbey, um, uh, Greg Abbey, the guy that I was just talking about, that plays Tristan, as well as Bella Hudson, who would voice for Yu-Gi-Oh! Five Ds before the show even came out, were saying card games on motorcycles. Like it was everywhere. So the. <laughs> it, 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 
the jokes about this are really the only things that people know anymore, like for Yu-Gi-Oh! So for me to finish this all off, um, something really cool that happened is that uh, he would parody like so much. He would put so much effort in these uh a bridge series so much so that he would abridge the movies that came out for Yu-Gi-Oh! He would abridge, like, the unreleased Season Zero that never came in America. So the only version of Season Zero that is an English dub is the one that he did, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, he had a crossover for the big movie they did that had a crossover of the original Yu-Gi-Oh!, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, and Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. He actually had the different voice actors for those different abridged series come hang out with him and do one big collab. So there was Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX Abridged, and Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D Abridged. They all did a huge collab and, like, all hung out and made this really, really cool, like, movie Abridged, That's which is so super cool. cool. It's so cool. I could talk forever about and here this. here we but, are just making some podcasts. <laughs> I mean, right? But he also, um, so he's 82 episodes in, so he's on the fourth arc out of five. So this thing's coming to a close at some point. I don't know how soon. But the the thing that I wanted to harp on here, and the reason why I said the rise and fall, is that he's known as like the godfather or the OG of a bridge series. It didn't really get popularity or exist before he started spending so much time and so much work on it. He paved the way for the Naruto bridge series, which was pretty big at the time. It's since been defunct. And then also the Dragon Ball Z Bridge series. Now, this is the crux, that a group called Team Four Star made a really good, really well-edited, really well-produced version of Dragon Ball Z Bridge. So they would take Dragon Ball Z episodes, crunch them down, and make these fun jokes that, would, that were very reminiscent of Little Karibo stuff. But the thing that kind of sucks about it is that, and I mean, like, there was some really fun banter back and forth that, like, even Little Karibo made an abridged series for the Naruto abridged series. So is it like a, a double abridged series? It was really funny. And, like, it's it's all completely truncated. But unfortunately, DBZ, like, Dragon Ball Z is way more popular and way more ubiquitous in anime than Yu-Gi-Oh! So they got even more popular and even more kind of... Uh, recognized than Little Karibo did. And even so much so that the cast of the Dragon Ball Z Bridge series, actually one of them got to voice a character in the Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse video game that came out in October 25th of 2016. Damn. And it's a, it's a really awesome character. It's really funny. It's based off of the Nappa character in the Dragon Ball Z Bridge series. It's mm-hmm. really funny. Like he's a knock, knockoff Saiyan. But all of that to say... <laughs> Of course. That uh, yeah. So over the over all of this time, they were getting a lot of attention. Little Karibo was getting less and less attention. Maybe he he was kind of like plateauing. Like people knew about him, but they he wasn't really gr- growing. And the thing that kind of sucked about it is that the the Dragon Ball Z thing just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it really was rough because in from the year 2009 to the year 2014, he was going through nothing but legal trouble over the copyright infringement for Yu Gi Oh. Since there was so much support for Dragon Ball Z, they could communicate with like Toei Animation and the people that were doing it to say, hey, please go support that official release. We're trying to work mm-hmm. well with them. While for Yu-Gi-Oh!, like, there was very little play. Like, Little Karibo had like no communication with them. They really hated him for no reason. And from 2009 to 2014, mm-hmm. his YouTube account kept getting banned. Do you guys want to guess how many times his YouTube account got banned in those five years? You already uh, know what I'm going to say. 16, yeah, it's 15. <laughs> it's not 16. Fuck. Oh, wow. You were actually pretty close because it was 14, unfortunately. And so he was going through this you really rough patch. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, you yeah. thought I was going to say 16. Do you guys think I'm like immature or something? You are. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes and yes. 
Uh, I thought so. <laughs> but the silver lining at all of this is the fact that Team Four Star yes, ended man. up taking, even though he was he existed before, Team Four Star took him kind of under their wing, and now he is part of that group or at least part of that community. And so now he is working full time on this. He gets to do other stuff that he wants because another cool thing was introduced very recently called Patreon. So he has his own Patreon page that is actually pretty successful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He makes about $4,000 a month, so he can like live, which is great. So based on all of the work that he's put in over these, yeah, since 2006. So it has been 13 years that he's been putting in all this work. He can finally kind of relax. And he's had a really long history of like other things going on. But he's, he's finally hit the stride where he can do what he wants. And he makes amazing content. So that's me gushing about this beautiful, beautiful man. Fuck yeah. Well, now yeah. you know what's time to gush about? A uh, uh, particular topic we should Our debate. Our segment called Why Not, where one of us chooses a why not question for us to wow. debate. I Would anyone forgot like... we were going to do a why not. I was like, let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we did go on a little long, but we actually I mean... had some very interesting content. So, <laughs> hey guys, why not a bridge series? But let's keep it short and abridged and not like an abridged series where it's funny. Okay. <laughs> Um, so laser kick us off with that neutral. sure yeah. i'll be neutral hey guys a bridge series they're good and funny they're reminiscent of nostalgic internet and that's really awesome but also they can be bad if i mean literally like bad quality but um also bad in which like it is a format that makes its way for shitty jokes which is kind of also a way that sums up every neutral thing i ever fucking do where it's good <laughs> because it's content and it's bad because it's problematic good job laser you provide I'm fucking you, content. Uh, i'm gonna say uh i think it's good because not only can it sometimes revive an anime's popularity uh, but it can also create a new art for- form which is super cool with new perspectives um, and since I'm just positive, I guess I'll just say one more positive thing and let Keon take care of the rest. Um, I think that it's really cool to be able to give, uh, jokety, jokety joke formats for a popular show when someone doesn't want to commit to a popular show. They can still enjoy that content without watching 200 filler episodes. Yeah. And I'm Keon upset spaghetti that, uh, there isn't enough of it. Honestly, like I was really excited when there was this big boom for like, Hey, look at all these abridged series. And now the majority of them have died out. A lot of the ones that come out aren't of the same quality. They're still fun. You know, you can enjoy yourself, but like there is, it just takes so long to make and they're all passion projects. There's no money in it. So it just, it just is rough that not only do they get copyright infringed, but it really is a labor of love and people don't get paid enough for it. And there isn't enough there isn't as much content as I want. There is now. I mean, there's 82 episodes of Little Karibo. I'm going to go binge that later. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, yes, let's go. <laughs> Matt's excited for us to not be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hello, and welcome to The Break. And in this break, I'd like to tell you, you can find why I podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and Neopets at why a podcast for all of those. Please feel free to leave us five stars and a little review on Apple Podcasts that helps us out so much. You can shoot us a question, a future topic, or a personal why question at whypodcast at gmail.com. And please... Please let me give thanks to Evan Draper for our theme song and outro song, but not our break intros. That's just copyright free music. You can find his work at Silo Digital and social media. And uh, 
I mean, honestly, something usually it's, you know, you vamp a little at the beginning of the break, but I just want to say like, Hey, I really hope you're having a good day. You know, it's, it's a crazy world out there and you know, I, at least I'm very busy and I imagine you've got a lot to do too. So, um, you're doing great. Keep at it. You know, I, I think you're capable of great things. So, um, you got this. All right. Now back to the show. You got this. Hey guys, we're back from the break. <laughs> You're so tired. Oh, buddy. I don't know. I just thought you have so, like honesty, right? Like we bullshit a lot on this podcast, but I think sometimes it's okay to just say we're back from the break. It's we had true. a break and now we're back. And you know what we usually do when the break is done? And by usually, I mean literally always. <laughs> Every single time. What do we do? Yeah, we do personal why questions, which I usually intro. I try my best to intro it with. Lastly, we have our own personal why questions <laughs> where we go around the table and ask each other a personal why question. And my understanding is that Matt has possibly the most important personal why question we've ever had. And you know what? Keon's going to ask it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I stole it. We said we talked about it on the break, and I'm like, I'm gonna announce it. Fuck you, Matt. And my question to you guys, because I got a bad t- toothache and need to go to bed, is why are you excited to go to bed? Why am Yay. I excited to go to bed? Well, I'll t- just first off, as a reference, it's um almost in in one sec. Uh, well, I was working in the lab one Saturday night, and it's exactly one o'clock on this podcast. Uh, it actually turned one o'clock when he run. said that. This is fucking great. Bookends, motherfucker. Hey. Um, <laughs> I'm excited because I need to wake up in three and a half hours after getting oh, no. one and a half hours sleep before recording this because I've been working 13 hour days all week and I want to get any sleep. Oh, God. Jesus Christ, dude. Go to sleep. I, I'm yeah. fucking working on it. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited because I worked like uh, 10 and a half hours a day and I worked less hour, fewer hours, pardon me, fewer hours than laser, but I work a lot of hours this week and I'm tired, man. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not a competition, man. It is though. Cause you worked <laughs> like 70 plus and I only worked like 58. Yeah. But mm. you fucking shut up. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it's because I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I mentioned a couple episodes ago when I edited, uh, I think it was Why Spade, that I have a really fucking bad tooth infection that like hurts so incredibly bad. I don't know how to describe it. Are you and, going to the dentist? Uh, I, I, w- I did. And they're like, oh, cool. You got to get your wisdom teeth removed. Oh, uh, we don't have a time for you even to get a consultation for that till next week. So this past week, I've been living in constant pain. Fuck so I would man. really fucking love to go to bed at All some right. point. Keon, what yeah. fucking time is it, man? It's time to go to bed, like we said. Um, and please feel free to, we're going to talk about it during the break, but please feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If we get 50 reviews, we will be doing an episode where Laser will eat a motherfucking habanero pepper. If we get 250 likes on Facebook, one of those people will be getting a 3D print from my company, Print 3D LLC. And if we get 150 subscribers to our podcast, we'll be doing an episode just for y'all where we uh, have a little forum on our Facebook and we'll do whatever you guys want. So give us a like give us a share give us a uh, twirl in your hair hey at why podcast for all and if i get one hell yeah from you guys i'll end the episode 
Uh, hell heck, yeah. Yes. I said hell Ooh, yeah, Matt, Matt. Please, Matt, please. Oof, Matt, yes. Please, I said hell Matt, yeah. Please. Yeah, Press motherfucker. Thank Matt, you for please. listening to Why a Podcast. <laughs> I'm laser soon to be in the realm of sleep, Alaric. Hell yeah. I, okay. Matt? Wow. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to like punctuate it by saying hell yeah, but yeah, I gotta but say my name. Turn. Matthew Slaza. Matthew Hell yeah, Slaza. <laughs> there you go. And I'm Keon Toothherty uh, Boozar. My appointment's actually at 2.30. It's hilarious. I love it. That's, that is Ooh. fucking hilarious. <laughs> Listen, I was upset, I was upset that it would be a week episode. away, but I said 2.30. I can't be too mad. That's, that's, that. that's the funny part of the episode. At least well. it's on a February 30th, because then it never happened. Now uh, you know why. Oh, my God. Attack on titty. His two thirds. He'll shine.